0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Upstream podcast. I'm your host Prema Gurunathan, Managing Director of Upstream. Upstream is a partnership between Imperial College London and Hammersmith and Fulham. Our objective is to turn the borough into a leading destination for the science, tech and creative industries, and with a particular mission to transforming White City into an innovation district. We're now into Episode 8 of our Discovery Series, which aims to shine a light and allow you to hear from the innovative organisations based in Hammersmith and Fulham. Before I introduce today's guest, a word of thanks to our sponsors, Mitsui Fudu San and Stanhope, who have given us use of this podcast box in White City Place as well as an engineer each time to ensure the recording goes smoothly. Today our guest hails from iPlato. His name is Kieran Heath, and he's head of customer operations. iPlato is a health tech organization based in Hammersmith and also the Czech Republic, and it employs uh, over 60 people across these two offices. It developed the MyGP app a couple of years ago to simplify access to healthcare. And MyGP, as I understand, actually started as SMS software, but over the last decade, it has evolved its offering uh, to a patient-facing uh, app that links seamlessly with the clinical management systems. So welcome Kieran.
1: Hi there, thank you for having me.
0: Firstly please could you tell us a bit more about iPlato key facts and stats around what your software does.
1: Yeah um, I kind of feel like you've done that already and that's great. Can uh, we I've probably it at that? not done it quite <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, so essentially we, uh, we have a platform which enables uh, NHS organisations to uh, interact with or engage with patients um, in uh, ideally a digital first manner um, so uh, you alluded to the start of the organisation around SMS that's one of the channels yes. that we uh, we provide uh, patients and uh, providers to interact over uh, but also uh, we can do that through an app so transactions like booking appointments, ordering prescriptions okay. um, we can also do um, medical record viewing through there as well oh, okay. um, so uh, that's a way for you know patients to engage with their healthcare or with their provider uh, without needing to call up or show up face-to-face mm-hmm. um, and we also now uh, provide online consultations as well um, so you can have a, uh, a video appointment with your GP or nurse etc um, and again it's just helping to bring convenience as well as um, ways for providers to manage demand uh, as well with mm-hmm. the the supply that they have yeah. Um, and um, yeah and, and pushing this agenda for uh, providing digital first which helps the entire system uh, to benefit from that so yeah. um you know one of the challenges we can we can get is around digital inclusion but yes. i think what's what's interesting is that if you provide this level of convenience then the everyone benefits yeah. uh, because the queues are shorter the telephones um are quieter mm-hmm. and it's you know there's much more time to uh, to, to interact do the Excel,
0: interact and do yeah. the actual consultation mm-hmm. So, iPlato was founded in two thousand and seven by your CEO Tobias Elpstein, uh Which, in startup terms, I think it probably makes you ancient. It's probably like dog years, isn't it? Yes, yeah. uh, so, could you please tell us a bit more about the initial initial rationale for the business? You know, nearly thirteen years ago.
1: Yeah, I think uh, like any good business, uh, I think we've had a consistent mission, which is uh, to you know, simplify access to healthcare. I know that's our strap line, but that's really mm-hmm. the, the mission yeah. uh, distilled down. Um, and, you know, it, it started with something simple, uh, as I think a lot of things do in healthcare. The, the concept is simple, but doing it is really complicated mm-hmm. and yeah. hard um, around patients not forgetting their appointments and, um, and, uh, you know, doing that through an appointment reminder, a convenient way to cancel the appointment. Um, but, you know, that that's had a domino effect through the system of helping a GP surgery to recycle appointments that aren't needed. Um, so that increases capacity for urgent appointments um, and uh, also helping to relieve the winter crisis on A&E mm. because if you can't get an appointment at your GP surgery, the next best place you're going to go is somewhere with the lights on where you will get seen eventually, A&E. A&E um, and uh, there's been some research uh, done uh, around um, urgent appointments. If patients can't get an urgent appointment within the next sort of couple of days, yeah. um, 10% of those people end up going to A&E um, to be seen.
0: Okay. And how do you think the uh, appetite of the NHS and other partners has been, you know, with engaging over these, you know, 10 years? I think is a huge, you know, demographics have changed. The appetite, I think, on, you know, accepting policy, not just, you know, policy in general, yep. has changed. And what have you seen across the landscape?
1: Um, I think across the board, it, for us and, and I think other um, digital health suppliers, I think, in some ways, we've found certain aspects easier, mm-hmm. um, and I think that is uh, across the business change element for healthcare providers. Um, they are now getting used to the idea of text messaging. It's taken us a while. We've we've been um, uh, yeah. chipping away at that challenge. Yes. Um, they've become comfortable uh, using this as a form yeah. of communication mm-hmm. versus telephone, letter, face to face, and also on the patient side. You know, again, patients are expecting to interact with. Mm-hmm. Services through apps, text message, online, uh, etc. So I think on the aspect of adoption of services, mm-hmm. I think that's improved. Yeah. Um, I think we've still got the uh, challenge, and it should continue for a good reason around compliance for data, you know, data protection uh, um, and um, clinical safety. So making mm-hmm. sure that your tool is safe to use as well. Um, but uh, you know, you, it, the innovation is around living with that and. Uh, still providing a good experience or a great experience um, to patients and providers as well.
0: To what extent do you think the, you know, the changes we've seen have been patient driven rather than you know perhaps driven by the health system? Uh,
1: yeah, I think it's it's uh, heavily patients now expecting. Yeah these yeah. kind of services and, and they've been trained by other industries so yeah. you know the, the Ubers, the, yeah. the uh, deliveries etc mm-hmm. um, and also uh, you know I think just the trend for customer experience in general um, where you know they want to provide a good service to uh, customers and mm-hmm. they want to um, manage their own supply and demand issue um, you know, and I think convenience mm-hmm. to the consumer or to the citizen uh, also benefits the organization in that you know if you're if I'm allowing you to interact mm-hmm. with me through self-service mm-hmm. I haven't got to pay somebody to do that interaction um, and I can see more people uh, mm-hmm. through that method uh, and that's just the same case for for healthcare uh, as well you know through with saying okay if I allow you to request a prescription mm-hmm. somebody doesn't have to manually process that piece of paper manually click things on the mm-hmm. screen you can do that yeah. Um, we'll just do the harder bit, which is approving or rejecting that request, and that should be done by a clinician. Um,
0: And so the benefits have actually become much, much clearer, haven't they? And and I think de-risking over time, people just get, you know, whether it's de-risking in this uh, industry or any other one. I think
1: it was scary before. And and I think also when you've got an industry which has historically controlled everything, um, because I'm the one writing your appointment into a book, Um, I remember uh, actually, convincing a practice to stop using their diary uh, to to handle patient bookings—I think yeah. it can be done electronically now. Um, what happens if your book blows up? Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think we're in that stage now where it's uh, the change is more comfortable now.
0: Yeah. So. Next question is, actually, let's just turn it all back in. Mm -hmm. Um, Look at iPlato. Uh, You were recently named as one of the UK's top 70 fastest growing tech scale-ups. And we know that scaling a company isn't easy. The Scale-Up Institute notes that talent, senior network, and finance are some of the Problems that businesses face as they move from being a startup to a scale up. And indeed, uh, within this borough, we've got something called Scale Space coming online later this May, which is a joint venture between Imperial College and Blenheim Chalcott, And it aims to help tackle this very challenge. So the question is what hurdles have you observed iPlay to experiencing and how has it overcome them?
1: Yeah, um, I was thinking about this and uh, I think the scale-up phase is not talked about enough mm-hmm. um, and I think it's the not particularly exciting stage of a business because yeah. you go through uh, it, it should be yeah, yeah. but I think um, it's it's where the work really happens mm-hmm. you know it's easy to start anything yeah. you know you just decide oh we could do this and you can start that mm-hmm. this week um, but turning that from uh, you know we're purely starting up if you like mm-hmm. to uh, doing the actual work and the really difficult stuff and what is exciting as well b- because you're you um, uh, You know your business is in a in a nursery if you like and you're you're na- m- uh, maturing that business and mm-hmm. um, and the reason I say it's maybe not particularly exciting because it might be things that are slightly slower to do such as come up with um, standard operating procedures okay. um, yes. you know um, uh, developing your, your Um, company's culture and thinking about Mm -hmm. the environment that you should have uh, for your staff Um, and um, you know I think having a repeatable formula if you like you know you've spent the early days working out um, and learning from mistakes Mm -hmm. but then you have to nail into okay how do we deliver quality Mm -hmm. uh, across Mm -hmm. the entire organization Um, and that's I think where you can start feeling more corporate Um, but that's part of running a grown-up organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you need to have that bravery to uh, start things up, especially if you're I don't know, putting your house on the line and you yes. know, maxing out all the credit cards and all this sort of stuff. Um, but then at some point, you've got to bring in the right people to turn it into a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, if, you, if you don't do these things, then you can't expect to be around too long. Yeah. And also not expect to attract uh, the right level of talent who want to see an organization being run uh, properly. And so I think, you know, the, the challenges that we face are, I think it's nothing new, mm-hmm. um, you know, b- between I think the growing pains of coming out of your entrepreneurial stage uh, and going through, okay, now we have procedures mm-hmm. and things like this, and, and that can cause a bit of a cultural clash yeah. with maybe the people you brought in early on who wanted to be entrepreneurial and want to sort of think about three four three four five different jobs yeah. uh, in, in the same working day. And when you go, okay, I need you to to double down on yeah. your specialism mm-hmm. um, that can be a bit of a clash yeah. um, and the other aspect is I think which is probably our most difficult challenge I think everyone's facing this is around talent yes. um, it's become very very competitive and and I think it's both a complex issue to solve but also it's becoming very expensive mm-hmm. um, not just on how salary growth um, ha- has been um, uh, sort of getting more difficult, especially in, in London um, for certain skill sets, whether it's developers or um, in other parts of the organisation where you've got an experienced in-demand mm-hmm. uh, resource, uh, but also I think about the environment that you have in your workplace. So, you know, if you want to attract uh, rock star uh, individuals who are in demand, yeah. um, they, they come with, what's it called, their rider of, okay, well, I want coffee on tap. It needs to be, you know, single source, yeah. um, free beer. You know, yes. snack fridge, all this sort of stuff. The ping pong
0: table and all that, yes. Yeah,
1: you know, all that stuff, which is, you know, when you think about it, okay, you know, you want people to be able to think really hard, but then go, okay, I need like seven minutes out, let's play a quick game of ping pong, yeah. talk over that issue, or whatever it is, or just, you know, reset. Um, but it, for startups and scale ups, it's expensive because, okay, well, everyone's expecting a WeWork experience now, and, you know, you've got to pay for those rents or you've got to, um, you know, you've got to do that decoration yourself. Um, You know, you need an events manager for just the, you know, the the work Mm -hmm. events and all this sort of stuff. So, yes, I think that's that's, um, uh, probably still our most difficult. You know, we're very much in the scale-up stage, so we're still going through um, these elements. Um, But uh, I think it's about balance, about, you know, what can you do within your means which sets up the right environment Mm -hmm. um, whilst also attracting the, the people you need to build the yeah. products and solutions that, you know, all of your end users. And for us, we have multiple end users. We've got citizens on one side and we've got, um, you know, um, a staff within the NHS using our solution.
0: Okay, thank you. That's really insightful. Um, so we've just started a new decade, it's 2020. And what is the biggest change you anticipate in the use of technology in the health arena?
1: Um, I, I think in a funny way, I think it's not, it is about the technology but it's it's uh, it's about the humans involved um, and I think just as other industries have gone through focusing on customer experience, you know, around the, how we interact with users of our services or, or apps, I think uh, the big change is going to happen around patient experience, about rethinking the entire journey and how we interact with, with patients. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the technology required to do all of that, whether it's yep. uh, you know apps um, or other tools to help enable uh, you know individuals you interact with face to face to know more about you to make decisions faster, more informed decisions. Um, and I think especially uh, within the healthcare space, we we've gone through a phase of data entry. Um, now yep. we're coming to utilising that data.
0: Okay, and. Closer to home, what are iPlato's key priorities uh, for this year?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, we are a very ambitious organisation. Um, we've always punched mm-hmm. above our weight, and I think that's one of our, mm-hmm. our strengths. Um, so, on one side, uh, we want to uh, polish and refine the solutions that we have uh, at the moment. Um, I think the job is not done on the UK market, so there's plenty of challenges yes. for us to yep. uh, to tackle and also to do Um, what we do right now better uh, as well Um, but also we're looking to expand into uh, a couple of international markets as well.
0: Okay cool and uh, let's turn one more which is looking at you so you've been Mm -hmm. with iPlayer for just under three years am I right? Uh,
1: Just under yeah.
0: yeah. Okay and what route did you take to get here I don't mean bus journey Uh, (laughs) and what have the high and low points been for you personally?
1: Yeah, uh, so I used to work for uh, EMUS Health, and that is uh, the market-leading GP um, clinical system, so what basically runs uh, GP surgeries. Um, and so I was, again, sort of right at the coalface, as we would call it, with uh, going to GP surgeries and, you know, helping them go through the business change of implementing uh, the clinical systems. Um, I spent many times running into a consulting room to help a doctor prescribe, and... Um, and uh, was the printer not working all that that great stuff? Um, I managed to make an entire floor of, of admin staff uh, very happy that I could print a patient's address onto an envelope.
0: You're kidding. Yeah, it changed their lives. It was amazing.
1: So yeah, uh, I think I did about a tour of seven years doing that, um, and then. Um, I, I did want to get into the world of uh, digital health startups because mm-hmm. it was getting very exciting with Digital Health mm-hmm. London starting um, and uh, familyware I way okay. at
0: Um
1: and, uh, and I think that the high point, I, th- I think, of probably everything
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, was actually at, at Plato when we um, uh, launched the, uh, an invitation service to invite women to cervical screening mm-hmm. um, because uh, and that's across all of London so every um, GP surgeon in London is, uh, we're connected ah. to to provide that service okay. um, and London is one of the the worst performing regions in the country uh, for cervical screening oh, um, okay. which is surprising um, but uh, I think what's interesting we managed to bring what is a a simple concept to that around um, actually getting the message to women that you're due Here's more information about it, so yep. you can go onto an NHS UK uh, link mm-hmm. uh, and make it convenient to book. Here's the number, you know, and on a smartphone tap it starts ringing, um, and the, that's tackling around three different problems mm-hmm. um, of why women aren't engaging with cervical uh, mm-hmm. screening across the country. Yeah. Um, and it's a rea- you know, evidence says it's a really important appointment to go to. Yes. It will save lives, yeah. no, um, yes. and um, in the uh, first six months of the service running, uh, we saw a five percent uptick in. Um, you know cervical so screening in London yeah. and why that's a highlight for me is, yeah. is you know that's the closest that some of us in the industry come to saving lives yeah. you know we actually facilitated sending those messages mm-hmm. um, and the, we know that there are a number of women who will be here longer mm. um, that's a
0: lovely reminder of you know the profound impact of what you do really yeah um, now we come to the less profound bit <laughs> <laughs> which is the rapid fire around so excited. So yes okay. so, like, so, so don't think just answer okay. And if you don't know what to say, just randomly choose one. Sure. OK, ready? Yep. Uh, Godfather or Star Wars?
1: Uh, oh, wow. Difficult. Uh going to go Star Wars.
0: Haribos or hula hoops? Uh, Haribos. Yes. Climb up a mountain or jump from a plane?
1: Uh, I think climb up.
0: What's for dinner tonight?
1: Um, I don't know. We haven't thought about that. Okay. I Maybe delivery. <laughs>
0: That's the answer I sometimes get when people mull. Um, would you rather cuddle a baby panda or a baby penguin? Towel provided if it's a baby penguin.
1: Uh, I think it's a big penguin.
0: Yay! Great. Right. We've finally got strike number two for baby penguin. Well done, baby penguin. And thank you so much, Kirin, for thank your you time. It's been a pleasure meeting you.